holy country of Israel, under the direction of our beloved rabbi and spiritual guide, Rabbi Shalom Arush, may Hashem bless him always. I don't usually have a title for my shurim, but today's got a title. And the title is Pictures on the Wall. When we move into a new place, furnished or unfurnished, usually we find that the only thing on the wall is paint. So we put things on the wall. What do we put on the wall? Well, some of us put up landscapes, some put up seascapes, but many, many people put up pictures of people that are important to them in their life, people in their family, people who are alive, people who have passed on, people who are tzaddikim, to remind us to strive for the best that we can do in everything that we do to keep sacred, to keep holy our lives the way they were intended to be. That's how we come into this world, and that's how we're supposed to keep striving. So we have these pictures. Now we have the pictures for a variety of reasons. Perhaps some of us, it just gives us a nice warm, fuzzy feeling to see pictures of our Zavi or our grandchildren, whatever it is. And that's important. That's physical. It's very physical. On a, on a more spiritual level, these pictures are important to us because they kind of force us into a mode of checking ourselves. What do we do every day? Are we getting better? Are we getting worse? In the merit of those who are looking up to us, in the merit of those who have passed on and are looking down upon us, and particularly the tzaddikim. It's, it's a way of helping us to measure on a regular basis, are we getting holier? Are we going the other direction? Sacred or profane? Now what's important in life, physical you know is not important, we've discussed this before, you can't take it with you. I mean, you can take it, but it doesn't go anywhere. You can take all your money, convert it to cash, have it put in the ground with you, but it's no good to you and it's no good to anybody else. Okay? So the, 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 the importance of the physical is not so much so, but the importance of the, of the things that we do on a spiritual basis, they last forever. This is how we have a sense of immortality. It's been, what, a thousand years, or more, or almost a thousand years since Yarizal. We remember him. It's been a thousand years since the Rambam. We remember him as if he was here today. His influence was everlasting. It stayed with us all the time. And this is what we want to be, striving for it. We had an example last week. Had an example of, of Eliezer, the servant of Abraham. Now, it doesn't say specifically that's who went to get the bride for Isaac. But the Rav pretty much except it was him. So, Eliezer watched over everything on a physical basis for Abraham. Everything except his wife. But everything else on a physical basis he kept an eye on. Abraham trusted him with everything. But when he went to go get him a, a bride for Isaac, he made him take a vow, a sacred vow. Put his hand under his thigh because it's kind of connected to the mitzvah of Shemadabri. Uh, and he made him swear what he would do, the kind of wife he would pick. It was important because that's not necessarily the physical, that's the spiritual. It lasts forever. No matter if you're pretty today, 50 years from now, 70 years from now, you will not look the same in most cases. Therefore, it's more important on the spiritual side. Now, I bring this up today to you because we're going through a very difficult time in the history of the earth. We're going through a time where we're being tested, and I really believe that we are at the time right now where it's a permanent test between good and evil, the choice between the sacred and the profane. We see it here in Israel, in a mayoral contest we have, where one is supported by Haredi, and the other, I think he left his keep on his pocket. I don't know. He says he's not going to change things. 
But we've heard this before, boys and girls, haven't we? So, you have a choice between the sacred and the profane. The choice is an obvious one this time. It's not so close that you have to say, well, maybe this, maybe that, maybe the other one. It's an obvious choice Hashem has given us. Same thing for you in the United States right now. You have two parties to select from. One party goes on their merit. They try to do things the right way. They try to show you that they're working for your best. They try to do what they're supposed to do. And they try to have an honest election. The other side, I've never seen, first of all, women fight so hard for the right to kill their own children. But that's what these people do, not these people. These people feel the need to cheat. They feel the need to, to stuff ballot boxes, register false voters, register people who aren't really eligible to vote. This is how they do things. And they said in interviews that they think cheating is okay. Again, you have a, a very clear choice. What is your choice between the sacred and the profane? Between the sacred and the profane. The other day, there was an election in Brazil. Now, I talked to somebody the other day, and I said, do you know where Brazil is? And they said, I think so. It's a small island, isn't it? No, it's not. Brazil is almost the size of the United States. Yes, there's a lot of rainforest, but then again, there's a lot of places in the United States where people do not live also. This particular president, one of the first things he said is, I need to meet with, president, with, with Premier Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, because I want to move our embassy from Tel Aviv down to Jerusalem, their capital, which is where it belongs. Same thing happened in Italy. You are seeing it happen all over the world. You have attacks from incoming people, from, uh, from immigrants from the Middle East who are going to Europe, from immigrants from South and Central America who are trying to go to the United States, and they've made their intentions clear, make no mistake about it. You have 7,000 people coming up from the South, which I find absolutely remarkable. 7,000 people got up one morning and said, gee, you know what? I think we should march to the United States. No preparation, no nothing. They just started walking. They had sleeping bags. They had food for how many meals a day? Well, 120,000 maybe. They had sanitary facilities. What do you do for sanitary facilities? They broke down the barrier between Guatemala and Mexico. And now they're headed to the United States. And their, their, their intention, by their own admission, is to come in illegally. There are 300 places on the southern border they can come in legally. They know the rules, they know the laws, they know how to do it. They have chosen not to, by their own intention, by their own words. This is coming now to the U.S., and you have one side saying, we can't let them in until they come in legally. They must go through the same thing that everybody else goes through to come in. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, they were immigrants to the United States. They came from Eastern Europe. When they came to America, there was no welfare, there was still Medicaid, there was no Section 8 housing, there was no free education, there was nothing. They came, and when they came, they had to prove that somebody would vouch for them, they had work waiting for them, they had jobs. This is how you come to a new country. On the other side, you have people coming to a new country waving the banner of their old country and burning the flag of the country they want so badly to be in. The choice, my friends, has never been so clear. And it's a choice we're all going to have to make in America uh, tomorrow on the 6th and in Israel next week we have a runoff. We have been given a choice, but it's no longer muddied up. It's no longer something that we have to wade through and see what does this side stand for and what does this side stand for. You can tell what the two sides stand for. 
because they've said it with their own mouths. They've said what they want, and we now know this is what they're trying to do. Now, <clears throat> in this week's Parsha coming up, we have two, two children that are born, twins. And every time they walk past a house of idolatry, one kicks. And every time they walk past a house of learning for Jewish learning, one kicks. And their mother, Rivka, finally says to Hashem, what's going on in my life? And he says to her that you have two forces inside of you. One goes toward idolatry and one goes toward our teachings. The younger will be ruling over the older. That would be, by the way, that would be Yaakov ruling over Esau. And as we see, that's exactly what happened. He said also but the that uh, Esau, the older, will be able to throw off the yoke that holds him in the way to get back on top if Yaakov does not do what he's supposed to do. We have been given a mandate. Our mandate is to live a sacred life, to get more and more holy with each and every day. Now, I'll be the first to admit, it is not easy. And we also have the problem that you have, we slip back sometimes. We slip back for a, a, a minute or an hour or a day, sometimes even a week. I hate to even say that, but it happens to us. Why? We're human. That's why we have Teshuva, to bring us back. As we've discussed before, Teshuva was one of the seven things that was created before the universe was created, and it was done that way because Hashem knew that we could not survive without the Teshuva. So on an everyday basis, we do Teshuva. Why do we do it every day? Because it says, do Teshuva on the last day of your life. And since we do not know what the last day of our life will be, we do Teshuva every day. So because we don't know what will be the last day of our life. This is how we keep moving forward. This is how we keep going towards the sacred. This is how we keep going away from the profane. These are the choices we have to make on a daily basis. We know where people are. We know by what they say. More importantly, we know by what they do. Do they help the situation? Do they hurt the situation? Does the President of the United States recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel? Because it is, because we in Israel call it the capital of Israel. He does. And he's happy to move his embassy here. Now Brazil is going to follow him. Guatemala is going to follow him. Everybody is going to follow him. He is taking the United States back to a place where they're now, let's say that they're, they're controlling a little bit how the world thinks and trying to drive them into a more compassionate type of a life, a more holy type of a life, and away from the thievery, the stealing, etc., etc. Again, my friends, the choice is always going to be yours. You know what you believe. You know who you want to vote for. What I would tell you is be careful and make your choice wisely. This could be, and I believe it might be, the ultimate, the ultimate battle between good and evil. And what better time to do this than right before Kislev, the holiday of Hanukkah? We had the same situation going. And it was a very small minority of the Jews that chose the sacred. Most chose the profane. But in spite of that, with the help of Hashem, the ones who chose the sacred won out. We have the chance to do the same thing. It's an important decision we make as we go in to vote. It's a good thing that we have the right to vote. Many countries do not afford their people that right. We have the right, let's use it widely, let's think about it. Let's bring about the sacred, push away the profane, and hoping the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu speedily 
and in our days in the building of the third Hedmeda Mikdash Omein. Have a wonderful week this week. Vote wisely.